Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Jackson Jr. I just got done watching AEW Dynamite. The first time I seen it live, finally. And it almost put me to sleep. Now, granted, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm running on three hours of sleep. Your brother tired. But still, it was it was alright. It was alright dynamite. It was alright. So might, we might as well get into it. Hopefully I don't put you to sleep. But I won't. Because that's not my finishing move. The TNT Championship was up for grabs in the street fight. Warlow went up against Scorpio Sky. He came up with American top team, dabbed his homeboys up, got in the ring with Warlow, and Warlow did that to him. That's exactly what happened. Despite all the distractions that America top team tried to give on Warlow, they ran out. They pretty much ran in the ring, and Warlow just kind of tossed him on the side. Tossed him on the side. Another one. Another one. And so Scorpio Sky hit him with a, uh, a belt. He held him with a TNT championship. And he kicked out that too. Warlow kicked out that too. So that was, that was close. That was when I figured, that's how I figured Warlow was going to lose. But Scorpio Sky ends up getting powerbombed repeatedly. 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 Three powerbombs. And Warlow is our new TNT championship. Look. TNT champion, I mean. And yeah, give it up for Warlow, man. Warlow, after that, pretty much that whole MJF storyline pushed him to the moon. No no camera grimes. So yeah, I thought that was a real good, it was a real good way to put him on. Scorpio Sky, he's going to get better. Warlow's going to, you know, he's going to take, he's going to make that TNT championship a little more serious because that, when the championship was getting moved back and forth in between Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky, it was kind of, it was it, it kind of uh, demeaned. It kind of undermined it, the, the, the belt. It kind of made it less important. And when Miro had it, it was super serious. Miro was like, man, I'm trying to, I'm rustling and bustling, hanging and banging. I'm, I'm getting through everybody. And, that, and that's it. Ain't nobody doing nothing about it. Sammy Guevara beat him with injured ribs, which was still stupid. I still think it's stupid. But Sammy Guevara got the win, and it just went traded back and forth with him and Scorpio Sky, and all that was just ridiculous. Not only is it ridiculous, it's kind of stupid. And so it's, I'm happy Warlow has the title. Hopefully he can change it around to make it something good. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus came out there. Come on, man. Come on, man. Why, why Matt Hardy? Why we do this to Matt Hardy? Christian Cage was talking because the fans wanted to know why he turned, obviously, and why Luchasaurus is still with him. But Matt Hardy came out. Matt Hardy said he's the Michael Jordan of being an asshole. Okay, that's pretty cool. Christian's response, you're starting to make your brother sound like the sober one. Jesus Christ. Christian. 
You might as you you was better off concerto in the brother. Like you was better off just you was better off just hitting them with the double chairs and calling it a day. You ain't even have to say all that. So Matt Hardy said he's came, you know, he knows what it means to come in, you know, to use people for money. He said Chris is here to use Luchasaurus to make money. And he said because he he's he's you know, he's a hypocrite, obviously. He's did the same way he was with Butcher and the Blade, he was with Private Party. And I, it was it was a face turn for Matt Hardy because he's never really after getting his ass beat by Private Party, we just pretty much accepted that he was a face. But you, we never talked about how he got here to begin with, and that's because he was using them. So you know who's really the bad guy here. So Matt Hardy says he's not he's here to just make sure nobody else is getting taken advantage of. It's obviously. So Christian just went on and on. And on and on. And he said he's just, he told Matt Hardy that he's the, ambiguous, he's the biggest embarrassment to his family. And Jeff Hardy is, you know, still going through his troubles. And then they beat, and then they beat up Matt Hardy, Luchasaurus and Christian did. Waste of time. It wasn't a waste of time. It was a waste of time for Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy didn't deserve this. He didn't have to go through this. You could have picked anybody else in that locker room to take the, to take the tongue lashing to that Christian can yell at for Christian to be fat, for Christian to bury. Why would it have to be Matt Hardy? Matt Hardy didn't deserve this whatsoever. So at the end of it all, Swerve in our glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, went up against Butcher and the Blade. And at first we thought, okay, it's maybe some still it's a little bit of problems. Maybe it might be some problems, you know, with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. And the match was, oh, it was all right. There was still a couple of, you know, miscommunications. It was a, it was a leapfrog that uh, Swerve and Blade, that Swerve missed on Blade. And it was, it was weird. And then Keith Lee, it was, it was weird because he had the Butcher on the turnbuckle and he's just like beating him up for a minute. And the Blade, and I'm sorry, I think, I'm, I, think I mixed him up. Either way, the guy, the, the tall, big, the big dude with the beard. He ran up on Keith Lee. I'm assuming that's the blade. Actually, I like, yeah, I'm going to go with the blade. I'm going to go with the blade. So he's running up to Keith Lee, and Keith Lee just turns around, and they just stare at each other. It just looked really confusing. I didn't know what was going on. By the end of it all, they kind of recovered. They recovered quickly, and Keith Lee pounced Swerve Strickland. Obviously, it was an accident, but I thought that would be the one that would, you know, drive them over the edge. That'll be the one that has Swerve Strickland. Man, I'm sick of this, man. Keith Lee or, you know, Keith Lee, man, I'm sick of this, you know. But at the end of it all, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland got their composure together, hit their finishing move. I still am trying to figure out what that is called. But the Doomsday Centon, that's what it is. Doomsday Centon for the win. And so Powerhouse Hob and Ricky Starks came out. Powerhouse Hobbs was talking about they walking around like they somebody. You know, and he's, he's just going crazy. He was just like, he called them a bunch of, you know, bitches. And then Stark, Ricky Starks just fired up like, you guys, you guys aren't even on our level. And he was like, I'll beat your ass right now. And him and Swerve was like, well, let's go then. And then so it's like, let's go. So and then the Young Bucks music hit. And they're like, whoa, we started this damn company. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. If it wasn't for Cody Rose, none of you. None of you would be there. And I'm not saying I'm talking about Young Bucks. Like Cody Rhodes, I think he was the 
the driving force of this. And I'm not saying that as building around AEW. I'm talking in star power. I'm talking in if you're got if you got tickets to watch a Young Bucks match or a Cody Rose match, people go, you know, they're gonna lean more towards a Cody Rose match. And it's mainly because the Young Bucks have such a uh what's the word? An image to them. And this that's and it's mainly towards the older generation. The older generation has a problem with them. I'm not a part of the older generation. I don't have a problem with them. I just don't like them. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of the Young Bucks. So, you uh, know, they came out and said they're the best. So, why don't we get uh, us two, as in the Young Bucks, taking on Strickland and Keith Lee, taking on Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks for the AEW World Tag Team Championships next week on Fight, well, it was not dynamite, it's Fighter Fest. So obviously that's gonna happen. That's cool. No, nothing wrong with it. It was just, I just can't stand the Young Bucks, man. So Tony Schiavone had an interview with Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's talking on the microphone. He's telling Tony Schiavone, be a gentleman. Raise the microphone up. Everybody keep frying Tony, man. Wait till Tony, man. You know, I'm sick of this, man. You know what I wanna do with this microphone? You know what I wanna do with this microphone? Man, I want him to go WCW days. I know he ain't do much at WCW, but man, he gonna, he gonna put the beats on somebody. It's, 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 it's coming soon. Dan Lambert better watch his back. But as he was talking, he was uh, Chris Jericho popped up on the big screen because obviously we can't get over this feud. This feud has to last forever. Eddie Kingston just has nothing to do. Absolutely nothing to do. He's been fighting Chris Jericho for months, almost half a year. I... Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho's name have been attached for so long. It's, it's right up there with Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Their, name has been, their names have been attached for so long. Doesn't make any sense. Chris Jericho doesn't need them, and he shouldn't be using them right now. They could be doing something so much better than being aligned with Chris Jericho. And I say this because he's talking, the camera's on his face, so he's like, we're going to do something crazy. You don't want to do something crazy. The camera... You know, wives, you know, it's, it gets wider. And you see Ruby Soho, like, trying to get up. And she's getting up with the car door open. You know, so it's like she's not getting in the, she's not getting in the car. She's, like, trying to help her get herself up. And she's just leaving her hand there for it to get slammed, waiting for Ty Conti, who's taking forever to slam this car door on Ruby Soho's arm or hand. And then she does it. And so Chris Jericho is like, yeah, we did something crazy. Let's get out of here. Yeah, guys. Yeah, guys. No, I was playing. They start greasing their hair. It's like, <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. That's, they, get, they annoy me so much. They want to be boy bands. They want to be rock stars. They want to be greasers. They want to be, be this cool bad guy that everybody loves. And it's disgusting. It's ugly. It's annoying. And you're too old for this. You're too old for this. So the Dark Order was up next. They're in Rochester. So obviously they got to do something for the late, great Brody Lee. It's his hometown, obviously. So they had to bring out Dark Order, Evil Uno, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, 10, Anna J, and Negative One. They talked for a little bit. QT Marshall came out and called number one, Negative One, a charity case. And said that Negative One takes after his mother. Ooh, that's foul. And so he was going to fight him. And then Hangman Page came out with the whole pyro. I don't know why he needed pyro. He's not even with them anymore. But 
you know, it, it's, it was weird. It was weird for me. It was weird because I don't, I caught AEW when Brody Lee passed. So I missed his title reign. So it was weird to see. I'm not a fan of Dark Order, but then again, I wasn't there when they were created. So I didn't have that feel that, you know, heartwarming moment when all of this was taking place. So except when negative one was he walked in and uh, he walked up when QT was on the ground and he was like, you know, I'm gonna wait to pin you when I'm 19. I'm like, oh, yeah, OK. OK, talk that talk, because when you 19 and he a good, I don't know how old he is. You better do that to him. You better do that to him, and you better mean that. Rush went up against Penta Obscuro. And this was uh, Rush's AEW singles debut, obviously. Looked pretty good. He was right underneath Andrade, so obviously Andrade don't. He don't hook up failures. You know, he ain't got, he don't, he don't got losers on his squad. So they were beating, they were just beating the crap out of each other. Penta was just lighting Rush's chest up. It was, it was awful. I said that like Bobby Lashley. I'm going to beat you up. Now, I don't know if you guys remember that promo that he spit when he was the WWE champion. It was ugly. It was disgusting. But Rush won. Rush actually ended up with the win because Penta hit him with the fear factor and pretty much just landed him square on his head. It looked disgusting. But Andrade put Rush's foot on the ropes. And so Rush, after he came to, just low-blowed the living mess out of Penta, tore his mask off and rolled him up for the win. Jesus Christ. Why, what more did you have to do to be disrespectful? Made no sense. You did not have to go this far. But shout out to Rush, man. That was a great, great performance. No problem whatsoever with that match. Match was pretty good. But then again, that leads us to the acclaimed in the Glenn Club taking on Bear Boulder, Bear Bronson, and Leon Ruffin at Fuego Del Sol. And so going looking into this match, I'ma just say this here. I'ma just put it, I'm just put it right here, because you ain't missing nothing. The acclaimed in the gun club won. And it was mainly just because, well, when the acclaim came out, I'm expecting some good, nice, you know, PG-14 rap music. I'm like, you know what? He's, I love Max Caster. So he, listen, listen. The acclaimed, uh, he got the mic snatched out of his hand by one of the guns. I believe it was Colton. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But Col oh, one of the guns snatched the microphone out of his hand. They started the match. And as soon as the acclaim got in there, they pretty much the guns just wasn't responding to them whatsoever. They weren't, they weren't on the same page at all. So well, the acclaim hit the mic drop, but Austin tagged in. And so everybody, so while Max Caster has the pin, the ref's like, nah, I can't do nothing. You said my, my boy right here, Austin, he in. He's a legal man. Austin pencil for the win. And pretty much Billy Gunn turns on the acclaim. The acclaim, he just beats the crap out of the acclaim, which they deserve to. I mean, there's, what are you going to do, fight his kids? <laughs> if he did fight his kids, I'll have, I'll have a problem with AEW. That's something stupid. Thunder Rosa and Thunderstorm. Thunder Rosa and Thunderstorm. Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. They're called Thunderstorm. Okay. They went up against Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. The only reason why I have a problem with this is because this was so random so out of nowhere, it was, it was weird. Because even when I was at work, 
they when he came out with the match card when the match card came out and it said thunderstorm i'm like oh tony you, th you thought this was so cool you was like i gotta have them together thunderstorm ain't that right my brother he got the knuckle touch he got everybody he like eric tried to get everybody to like dab him up no ain't nobody going like tony relax like no it's not that deep. They just beat the crap out of each other a couple weeks ago, and now they're thunderstorm. There's not even any women's tag team champions for them to be, you know, frequently tag teaming. Now, granted, they did get the win. I'm not going to say much. I didn't want to say too much about the match. It's just that Marina Shafir got some fire to her, her and Thunder Rosa, just going at it left and right. Shafir, Shafir got an attitude. We want to see more of that. She's awesome. I do really like her. So that brings us to the main event. The AEW World Championship, John Moxley, went up against Brody King. Look, I don't care what y'all say. This match was boring, man. This match was boring. I don't care what none of y'all say. So after it did get out to the, it got outside the ring, obviously. So John Moxley is getting whipped into the barricade. He's getting thrown on the, he's getting body dropped on the ramp. John Moxley had the finger four, figure four leg lock on Brody King when they got in the ring. And then Brody King just kind of got back up and hit him with the black hole slam. That only got him a two count and they went to break. So it's looking so far so good. So far, so good. But all it was really was a bunch of random, random strikes back and forth. Uh, strikes and holds. Uh, Brody King hit the this the choke, the chokehold that he had on Darby Allen last week in the Battle Royal. And then he hit him with a cannonball. Hit Moxley with a cannonball. That was a two-count. Brody King wanted to hit his fire thunder driver, but John Moxley rolled him up for a two-count. Hit the underhook DDT. The it was pretty much a paradigm shift in a way. And then he hit his sleeper hole. He hit what five different sections of a sleeper hole. And that choked out Brody King. Now, just to make a long story short, because it took a minute to choke for him to choke this man out. And that was AEW. That's why it was born. It took me 17 minutes to explain to you why somewhat decent of an event this was. But it wasn't, so, it wasn't that bad. So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Devin's NXT review. That was this morning. So that was posted this morning. We'll be live on YouTube at 4 o'clock Eastern. Well, Mountain time, that's Arizona time. That'll be six o'clock, Devin's time. The time may vary, be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Heel Turn Podcast. Check us out on iTunes and Spotify every Saturday for more wrestling news and to be a part of the conversation. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Heel Turn Podcast and on Twitter at underscore the Heel Turn.